right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Fearcast. This is the podcast dedicated to OCD and anxiety and anxiety spectrum disorders and getting your life back. I'm your host, Kevin Foss. I'm a licensed therapist specializing in OCD and anxiety, as you could probably imagine. Um, And uh, thank you all so much for joining me today. So this is a question and answer based podcast. If you have questions, go over to fearcastpodcast.com and you can click on the submit a question link there and send me a message. Or you can go over to the Instagrams and you can send me a, a, a direct message there. I am Fearcast Podcast there, to no surprise. And you can send me a direct message and you can include your question there, or you can send me an audio question, which is what today is about. So, um, today I think it's a really good question, and I think it's a really good question for a lot of people, though it may not be, it may not seemingly be relevant to a lot of people. It is relevant to absolutely everybody, I think, in what I'm hearing out of the question. And I will re-listen to it again as we are all listening to it. But I think there's something underneath this one that is really consistent with everybody eventually in recovery land, in OCD land. So I hope everybody is doing well out there um, and is moving along in their life. Um, things are kind of getting, you know, we're, we're, we're getting to school now for, for those of us and realizing I'm now one of those people who has to say, who can say, I suppose, not has to say, can say, kids are going back to school, right? Because my kid just started kindergarten. I'm going to tell you one thing. So she just started kindergarten and guess what happened to my kid on the second day? Second day of kindergarten. I don't know if I was very clear. Second day of kindergarten, guess who got a call from the principal regarding their child at kindergarten on their, that's right, their second day? My kid. I got that call. Actually, my wife got that call, but we got the call. So, school's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to all this. Now, surprisingly, she didn't bite someone. I thought that probably would have been it. She had a freak out because, you know, People freak out, getting used to things. Um, things are tough. So it's, it is what it is. Moral of the story is um, that's, that's where my head's at today. But you know what? Buckle it up for a good weekend. I hope everybody out there is planning on having a good weekend. I don't know if I have much else to add. Um, I don't know if anybody else is anticipating or planning on going to the online IOCDF conference. So I know I've talked a whole bunch about the the summer one. Uh, I attended and it was a delightful time for everyone involved. Many people involved. It was a delight. Anyways, um, but IOCDF does an online one. Go check it out. I am not going to be presenting this year, so this is not me then saying, hey, go check out my talk, everybody. It is go check it out if you are someone who is not uh, in the States, who is not in California, or who could not just make it to San Francisco this past year, but is able to go and access the interwebs. There are going to be all these talks, and I think you can access them for like 30 days. There's going to be a whole gaggle of talks from a whole gaggle of people from all over the country and perhaps all over the world. I'll just go ahead and say all over the world. It sounds more impressive. Anyways, it's going to be a really good conference and it, it, it always is. I'm sure everyone out the world will learn a lot. So if you have access to the interwebs, as I assume that you do, and you are interested in learning more about OCD and other anxiety disorders and other skills that can help move you along in your recovery, the summer IOCDF program will be a good idea. Now, 
I don't even know why I'm saying that because I'm not getting any kickbacks from the IOCDF. They do not care that I talk about them. Um, I think some of them would prefer that I don't talk about them, but that's a separate conversation. Anyways, so today's question is an audio question, which is where someone from um, the Instagrams, again, uh, messaged me about this. So, um, you know, why don't we just jump into this? So this question comes from Sarah, and um, uh, I'll play it here, and then we'll talk about it. All right, here it comes. My question is about hyper-awareness OCD again. <laughs> I hope you don't mind talking about this again, though it's not about the awareness of certain bodily sensations. I mean, I did have sensory motor OCD, but right now that is luckily in the past. So here's my personal obsession. Whenever I'm studying, I can't stop becoming aware of the objects on my desk or my surroundings in general. This can consider every object every normal person has on his or her desk, cables from the screen, a college block or books, a hole puncher, pencils, a bottle of water. I think you get the picture. So my former therapist told me to clean up my whole desk and put away everything that is not crucial for the task I'm working on at this very moment. In the retrospective, I realized that this behavior she recommended was actually a form of neutralizing. As a matter of fact, the hyper-awareness and the anxiety became worse. So I gradually stopped cleaning up my desk because I don't want to give in to the obsession. A few weeks ago, I read something about the approaches for these form of obsessions. I created a single word exposure script where I just said the word objects several times. Between each recitation, I had a quiet period between 30 and 80 seconds. And this approach was actually the most helpful. I listened to my script for approximately two weeks, especially when I was studying. It really helped me to reduce my anxiety and for several times I was able to let go and my awareness or attention could shift. Eventually I could study with the ability to accept my awareness and I could just let go, even if I didn't listen to my script while studying. I learned that I have to go on with whatever I'm currently doing. I have to go on with reading or writing or anything that is part of studying. I try not to read a sentence again and again just because it didn't feel right. I'm really eager to just go on even if negative thoughts like, oh my god, it's still there, I want it to be gone, this could interfere with my concentration, pop up in my head. So that often works pretty good. Somehow the awareness often stays and I become more anxious again. In a few weeks, I will start studying for the final exams that complete my degree. In my case, the, ca the grade you get in your final exams is really important for your career prospects. And that's why I really want to study without any distraction. For me, personally, it is very important to stay focused while studying. I put my phone away and make sure that I can study in a quiet and comfy environment. I'm kind of a perfectionist in general. I know that I'm rather an exemplary student because I'm very thorough and I wouldn't miss any new information. 
and I really benefit from the years of hard work I invested in my studies. However, I can't get rid of the feeling that my studying is not perfect when having the awareness. Especially after finishing my study session, I tend to be afraid that my hyper-awareness OCD gets in the way of being successful and of using my potential. I start wishing the obsession away by comparing my current life to the one I had before this form of obsession occurred. And I know that this form of wishing feeds my OCD. Anyway, I haven't found a way to stop ruminating or to stop figuring out what to do. Uh, so I wanted to ask your opinion on this matter and I'm really interested in new ideas that help me reduce my anxiety and my wishing or any approaches in general. Thank you so much in advance. Love your podcast. Keep up the good work. All right, Sarah, thank you so much for that question. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, so a, a, a lot of great information in there and it, it a lot of great information in there, and I think that I, I'm I'm going to kind of go over some of the elements in, in what you had talked about because I think a lot of it's really important for you as well as anybody else out there who's listening who may be in a certain uh, who may be in a similar place. So, um, so it sounds like you were talking about this this hyper awareness obsession where you're saying like, all right, I'm sitting down at my desk and now like suddenly noticing all the things on my desk, right? Like if I'm, if I'm at my desk, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm staring at my computer, staring at my notes. And all of a sudden, like I notice my little, um, uh, fidget toy I've got to my left. And then, you know, I hear the sound of the air conditioning and then my phone is over there, my cup. And it's, it, it's distracting me from what I'm trying to do, which is, which is to study. Right. So, um, your previous therapist said to take everything off the desk. Now, I'm of two minds of that. I kind of get it. I, I, I get the advice that, um, you know, take, take away those distractions so that you can focus. Now, I think broadly speaking, I would agree that, yeah, it's, it, it can be an avoidance, right? What it's essentially saying is, here's this thing that's a bother, but it's a neutral bother, right? The distractions, and, you know, to take a step back for anybody who's new to this, you know, hyper-awareness and, and under the umbrella can be sensory motor, um, and sometimes they're equated, sometimes they're said to mean one another. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's, it, is, it is an obsession. It is OCD. First and foremost, it is obsessive-compulsive disorder, but the subtype, the focus, is on bodily sensations or things around you or sensory input or whatever it might be, and it's a hyper-focus on those things, the fact that your body moves, the sensations, the things that are around you, right? And a fixation on those. And the focus and the compulsion is often, how do I get myself to stop focusing on this? And there are a lot of different ways to do that. And we've talked about that ad nauseum. Now, first of all, I'll say this. I, I don't mind talking about this. I'm fine talking about the same thing over and over and over again. It's, you know, of course, I, I love having diversity. I don't want the fear cast to just become the hyper-awareness or relationship OCD podcast, which I sometimes in my darker moments fear that it has become. Um, but we get diversity in, in questions, and, and I love that. And, and obviously what it means is there needs to be information about this stuff. If I'm the only one talking about it and people know that I'm the one who can talk about it, then great. I want this to be a place where people are going to get information. Anyways. <clears throat> All right. So back to this. So we've got so we've got this idea that, you know, taking away the distraction is going to help. It will help in a short 
time, in a short time frame. But ultimately what it doesn't let you get used to, and this is the key, it doesn't let you get used to the reality that you're going to get distracted. You are going to get distracted by things. I get distracted by things all of the time. Now, in my office, I have these, these vertical blinds um, on my windows. Now, I've arranged them in such a way that if you sit in my, you know, my fancy therapy chair, I can't see out of the windows. I can only see my client. Now, my client, who's on the couch uh, opposite me, they, from the, uh, their position, can see through all banks of windows. There's a, f- a fancy corner office, and they can see through all the windows. Um, I intentionally do that because I know that if anybody, anybody walks by a window, huh, I'm going to go look. Who's that? What are they doing? Why, are they, why is their hair like that? Why are they dressed like that? It's immediate distraction. I know that about myself. So for the, the expressed purpose of trying to help myself to concentrate on my client as best I possibly can, I'm going to try to arrange those in a way that is going to remove a temptation for distraction. Now, the, but I also know, because that's me also knowing that I'm going to get distracted by things, and it's not the end of the world, if I do get distracted, because I also have a bunch of crap all over my office. I've got like toys and I've got my, my beautiful bass guitar on the wall. I've got, dist- I've got plenty of distractions, right? Now, so I get what the therapist is saying is by taking all those off. But you're also noticing that it's, it, that is kind of an avoidance and it's, all, it's also not sustainable. And I think that's the most important part. That in the long run is not sustainable for you nor anybody else. We don't live in a sterile environment where there's nothing around us, right? So let's keep moving on. I love what you decided to do. You made an audio exposure, which I think can be incredibly helpful. I've done these with clients, and we, you know, I just record a word. Your word was object. It might sound like this. Object. Wait some time. Object. Wait some time. Object. You get the idea. And it's that played over and over and over again. Now, when that's there, it allowed you to disconnect from it. As you said, to let go of the awareness of them and accept the... kind of uh, complicated in my notes. I wrote, let go of the awareness of them, and then in bold, accepted awareness. It kind of sounds like, yeah, you're letting go of the problem, the labeling of the problem of the awareness, and accepting the reality of the awareness. Because there are things around you. I think this is, for you, an incredibly important point to note. You got used to, in this very short exercise, accepting distraction and the reality of it for you and the built in that process, build that muscle of kind of shifting back to the thing that you were doing and not getting uh, upset or angry or distracted by your distraction, right? You went, oh, I'm distracted. Okay. And then you shift it back. Now that at the end of the day, if, if you could bottle that, you could be a bibillionaire in terms of helping other folks with sensory motor because that is the reality of what, what people with sensory motor and hyper-awareness need to eventually ultimately do. Yeah, I'm distracted. Okay. Bring myself back. I got distracted and that's okay. So, yes, there are a lot of other feared stories that we can talk about and I've talked about a lot. But at the end of the day, that's kind of what we're trying to do is to develop this... Um, Go with the flow reality of our distraction when it comes to this. And I get so clamped down with, oh no, I can't believe 
I'm distracted. I'm so pissed off. I'm so angry. I'm so whatever. Okay. So you said you, you were able to resist not rereading or resist, excuse me, you were able to resist rereading and not go back and reread. Okay. And then, um, and resist that negative thought. And I think that's another good point, right? You resisted the, the beating yourself up. You resisted the arguing with it. You went, yeah, I'm distracted. And you moved back to, okay. So what we would call that is progress and that's great. And you did it. Now here is Here's the trick that I think for you and for everybody else out there, this is the trick that OCD is magically trying to pull on you. And we are not putting up with that nonsense today, are we? I'm going to drink some coffee because apparently I need more coffee today. You were all saying I did not need more coffee. I hear it. I hear you. Anyways, <clears throat> here's what it's saying. You said... Um, I've got this upcoming test. It's super important. This, this test may determine the course of my career, may determine where I go in my life. Oh, oh my gosh. This, te this, this test could be the make or break, could be the trajectory difference between, between, I, I, wild success or just mediocrity. And as you said, you're a perfectionist. You said you're an exemplary student, right? I'm sure there are a lot of other things you could say. And I, I bet they're right. I bet you are a very hard worker. I bet you are just independently very smart. I bet you, you are dedicated to your work and you value education. You value the work that you put into this, et cetera, et cetera, all these things. But listen to the pressure. This freaking test is the, direct in, the direction decider of your career. You didn't put that emphasis on there because I, I don't think I need to do it. I think anxiety has done this. Anxiety can do this to us. But here's what it's doing. It says, all right. Remember all that work that you did on all your other tests and studying where you, where you focused on, you know, you, you got distracted by things and, oh no, I can't get distracted because I'm, I'm an exemplary student. I'm a hard worker. I'm, I'm, I'm a smart person. I succeed in my work, right? Okay. I do all of those things and that's who I am. Okay, but I've worked on that. And I was able to kind of go with the flow of it and get distracted and whatever, and I still saw success. I was still able to do it, etc. But anxiety is going to help you to casually help you to ignore that. And is instead going to say, that doesn't matter. That situation back then, that studying was different. And that one doesn't count because this one is the one that counts. This one's the most important one. And this one is special or this one is different. And this one requires new skills, new abilities, and, and you don't currently have them. And you're hosed or whatever verbiage or pirate language you would like to use. Point is, it's going to say that it's different. I'm not hearing any difference here. I'm hearing the exact same thing with different costumes. Nothing's different. I've been giving this example a lot lately. Okay, Star Wars. Many people have seen Star Wars. Oh, this kills me. All right, so a lot of people have seen Star Wars, but then sometimes I'll say, hey, 
client, have you seen Star Wars? Go and everyone's seen Star Wars. And they go, no. And I'm like, it's 2023. How have you not seen Star Wars, right? Like, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, but I've seen them. I, I don't care to see any more. Disney, calm it down. I love Disney. Calm it down, guys. S slow it. There's plenty. We've seen it. Anyways, okay, side note. All right, back to, all right, so you've seen Star Wars. All right, if you put on a movie and all of a sudden you see alien-looking people and you see kind of they're, they're swinging around sticks that glow and they're cutting people's arms off, and then you see these people running in in like head-to-toe white outfits and they all look like they're plastic and they're shooting guns terribly, right? If you see that, you don't need to know what movie it is or what's happening. You know that this is a Star Wars movie. You're in the world and universe of Star Wars. Okay. Sarah, I, I, I think that you're, we need to start anticipating that the, the world and the themes of your obsessions. Because it's going to start to say, oh, this one's different. This one's new and it's special. It's not. It's also still Star Wars, right? And furthermore, the more that we start to accept the fantasy universe of Star Wars, because there's so much that we're already giving up by accepting the rules of Star Wars. We've accepted that there are aliens that live on other planets, that, they, that those aliens can move back and forth and not care about the gravity impact on their bodies from one planet to another, because obviously some are very big and some are small. We're not caring about, I don't know, laser swords that can cut people's arms off. We're not caring about Jedi mind tricks. And we're saying, yeah, that's all totally fine. Obviously, that's fine. So we've let go of so much reality to accept the fantasy world. So what's just one more thing to throw in there, right? Why not have it be, I don't know, why not then have a, a creature in there with eight legs? Sure. We've already accepted a lot of other things. Why not the eight-legged monster? We've already accepted drinking blue milk, or we've already accepted everything else. Why not have Luke Skywalker drinking gross blue milk? Sure, that's a thing too. You can see how the more we start to grab onto the fantasy of OCD's rules, the more we start to accept and be willing to accept anything. All right, I'm kind of conflating two different ideas with this, but the point is for you, Sarah, and for everybody else out there, it's this. This is the same story. We're in the same universe, but the narrative right now is this one's different, and we need to take a step back and to say this one isn't different. It's exactly the same, and nothing needs to change except for a recommitment back to the same, disregarding the same, letting go of the reality that you're going to, the importance of and significance of distraction. For this big test, you're going to get distracted. You are, because you get distracted. Me too. And this one's no different. This one's story, though, is if you get distracted on this one, oh no, you are screwed. One, we don't know that. Two, it's going to say you need to work harder. And also, to that last point you said, then after studying, there's just, there's just further rumination. How was I studying? Did I get too distracted? Did I study well enough? Um, comparing your previous life of you know being able to study however you were able to study, or maybe even the previous success of, of studying to now, and you're struggling with figuring out what to do. 
you already know what to do. And it is to let go of the perfection in studying, to let go of, of feeling like you've nailed studying. You're going to go into studying and you're going to study however you're going to study. And today you're going to study and you're going to get distracted a ton. That's okay. Because you're going to retain whatever you retain. Secondly, tomorrow you're going to study and you're going to not get distracted at all. And you're going to retain what you retain that day. We don't know if you retained absolutely everything. We don't know if you retained only half, but that was the right half for the test. Or you retained the wrong half. We don't know. This is the, uh, that element of uncertainty that we have to accept and that we cannot ruminate or think our way into. We're never going to know. Uh, incorrect. We will know eventually once you take the test. Then you'll know. But between now and then, you're going to derail yourself by ruminating about how well you studied. Did you study right? Did you retain the right information? What is the test going to look like? Is my, my future screwed? We're going to let that go. And leave the test up to future you. It is future you's problem, as we say. So, nothing is different here. Now, I, I, I want then people who are listening to this to think about their own situation. How have you noticed OCD saying, this one's different, this one's special. The themes here are totally different from the way that you pre things previously had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had to do with getting sick. But this one's bacterial sick, not viral sick like we've been talking about. Oh, no, no. This one's different. This, yeah, it's hurting your child. But this one is going to be out of neglect and not out of active harm. You're going to run somebody over. Yeah, that's the same thing. But this one's different. You're going to run over a <gasps> child, not a bad person who deserves to get run over. I don't know what the, but you get what I'm saying. It's going to spin it like it's different. It's the same thing. I'll go as far as to say, you know, it's also the same star Wars and Indiana Jones. They're kind of the same. Everybody, you can send hate mail to me if you'd like. And I say that as I love Indiana Jones. It's great. And you know what? The second one does not get enough love. The um, Temple of Doom does not get enough love. And the, the fourth and the fifth don't exist. Don't watch them. I'm mad at them. I'm talking to you, Disney. I got bones to pick with Disney, apparently. Anyways. All right. Sarah, you know what to do. Go back and listen to the same script, Objects. And it might be imperfect. It might be fail. It might be forget. It might be distraction. What is the word for you that's resonating right now? That is the concept to accept. All right. So I realize I've run over time, probably all the coffee and all my just um, anger at Disney. I say that I'm probably going to go to Disneyland tomorrow. Anyways, point is, I'll let everybody go here and I'll slide in that music right now. So everybody, if you, if you have something to add for Sarah, go over to fearcastpodcast.com or you can go over to the Instagrams and you can send me a message over there or you can add something to the episode page either at fearcastpodcast or at Instagram. I publish better both. Anyways, 
Um, if you have a question for a future episode, and remember the, the, the audio questions, just like Sarah's, they will get kicked to the top of the list. She sent this in a couple weeks ago versus a couple other uh, other ones that have been older. Anyways, these will get pu- pushed to the top of the list. So if you have a question that you really want me to go over and answer, send it over via audio question over at Instagram or send me uh, the audio over at fearcastpodcast.com. All right, everybody. So please remember that the Fearcast is not substitute for psychotherapy. If you need a little bit of help in your recovery, go over to fearcastpodcast.com and click on the find help link and there's going to be some stuff for you there. So until next time, everybody, take a risk, challenge yourself, and don't take your brain too seriously. Bye. Bye.